You're listening to the Saturday Morning D&D Show with Jordan, the PH is silent, and Sir Lucian. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the Saturday Morning D&D Show. D&D. My name is Jordan, and I am here with my illustrious co-host, Sir Lucian, over at Sir Lucian Gaming. Welcome. Welcome, Sir Lucian. Welcome, everybody. Is my volume on? Sometimes we get that messed up at the start of yeah. the show, so we'll check it. <laughs> Your volume is on. I did volume check is that on. beforehand. Yes. Uh, yeah, it's whenever I get new toys and I start like playing around with stuff that right. uh, all of a sudden, you know, somebody's audio's off or I don't know. <laughs> and then I have a macro to mute myself, which is really good for live streams. Oh, yeah. And, and for this show, like if you're talking, I'll just kind of mute myself and then I can be like, mm. no, baby. Please go back up the stairs and other people don't hear that. Uh, but sometimes I forget that that's on. So maybe I should. Sh- anyway, I bought a, I got a stream deck for my birthday and we were just talking about it. Maybe I should yeah. shift those buttons from my keyboard to my stream deck so I can actively see if I mute it or not. Because that's right. why you have it. And I might do that today now that I'm saying that out loud. That sounds like a good idea. Uh, welcome, everyone. We are a D&D talk show. We're going to talk about Dungeons and Dragons, all kinds of stuff that's happening and uh, by the by, the title of this episode, you're probably like, "Is there what's happening?" Because I just kind of had a thought about <laughs> Critical Role and how I th- I'm starting to think that they are like are are they? I want to ask the question: Are they bigger than Dungeons and Dragons? Are they bigger than Wizards of the Coast? Oof. And here's. I don't know if this is a, a correct analogy because like one is definitely like wouldn't exist without the other. Like we wouldn't necessarily have critical role without Dungeons and Dragons. Um, so then you would naturally think, oh, Wizards of the Coast and D&D are more popular. Uh, and Hasbro mm-hmm. as a whole, like the Wizards of the Coast section is making so much money. Oh, God, yeah. Um, but now we kind of know that, like, Critical Role is also making so much money. Not yeah. not near the same profits. I think they no. had, like, a $250 million profit. And yeah. uh, we don't know because Critical Role is not a public company. Uh, but I wonder if there are more people invested in Matt Mercer and Critical Role than... D and D, like there's people like us. We really like D and D. We get excited for books like this. I get less Ooh. excited when there is a critical role book that's coming out. Right. Um, but but like, a new show starts. But the new show starts, and everyone's freaking out. People are talking about critical excited. role left and yeah. right. Uh, I tried watching the first episode again, and it just doesn't. Like they're very cool people. They're very funny. There's something about it that has never clicked with me. Oh, and no. I don't know. Jordan's a hater? I'm not a hater. No. I'm not. <laughs> I'm just like, I think they're really cool, but like, no. I don't, I have friends who are like, you need to listen to this. This is amazing. And I'll listen to it. And I'm like, it's just not grabbing me. I don't know. And I've tried watching it visually. Mm-hmm. I've tried listening to the podcast and I, I don't know, but like, they're getting a cartoon. They're doing all this other stuff. There's a, a video game in the works. I hear yeah, like they're well, going to make that. a Vox Machina video game. I could see that. And eventually they're going to make their own RPG system. And Ooh. it's going to like think about it. Think about the long-term path of this. Like not just a campaign setting. I think they're going to make their own system. And I wonder if it's got the Matt Mercer blessing, the critical role blessing, is that going to Be shift the power of of D&D or are Wizards of the Coast at, knows this and they're like like, you know, but, like, uh, you look at my wall, which I can't show you, but it's over there. <laughs> right. And I've got some custom art for the Monster Manual, the Player's Handbook, and the Dungeon Master's Guide. And they're very, very cool. But, like, that's merch that I like because I bought Dungeons & Dragons. My friends have rooms covered in Critical Role content. Nothing yeah. specifically D&D. So that's why I asked the question, is mm-hmm. Critical Role bigger or getting bigger? than the thing that started it like i don't I, thoughts like it there i don't know wow. i just wanted yeah. to talk about it it's interesting <laughs> it's it's definitely on the rise because it is not it has not hit its peak and critical role only seems to continue to grow in audience right yeah and it's definitely the most in your face um live play out there it's definitely the biggest most expensive we've seen of a streamed game 
it has to be the most expensive nobody RPG else can claim like to have an amazon animated special nobody else can claim to have two and we probably will get a third book if not more on their own campaign setting by like we D &D. have a comp so and here's another thing is like wizards of the coast like that's more wants neberon huh that's more neberon oh yeah at this point Oh, I think I think Critical Role is way. If we're yeah. talking campaign settings, I think it's way po more popular than Eberron. Yeah. But here's. I think it's more popular than Forgotten Realms. Here's where I think it's not there, yet. <laughs> um, Critical Role, I think, is super popular in the online Dungeons and Dragons community of Twitter, Twitch, and YouTube. Okay. I think real dungeons and dragons is super popular for people who are never on twitch who are never on twitter and who are it is still being played in tables and college rooms and high school lunch and library tables at conventions but all of those people that over. are playing it at colleges are younger people that yeah. know twitch and know twitter and sure but they may like, not they may just not not do it though because Twitch I community mean, is only so big, it's not, it's not YouTube big. It's easier right? for you to sell me that there's like some sixty-year-old guy who plays Dungeons and Dragons that doesn't care about oh, Critical well, Role sure. because he doesn't do a Twitter sphere and a Twitch. But like a twenty-year-old yeah. who's like invested yeah, in nerd culture and doesn't really know about Twitch. And, I think that's our age level. Oh yeah, I think, I think I'm the younger generation. Like I've talked to my nephew; he doesn't watch Twitch. Oh really? Okay. For Dungeons and Dragons, like. He, he just they're not into it they're not into he's not into twitter he's not into facebook he's not into any of those things that seem to be our good Burn main focus right right of that <laughs> of that like 25 or upper 20 to pushing 50 pushing 60 area yeah. i think that's a community but i think there's also a young community but i still think they're out there they don't have critical role hasn't been talked about in I don't know, a half a dozen shows on TV like a Stranger Things, like um, uh, a community, the comedy show, you know, isn't isn't part, you know, uh, Morty and uh, Rick and Morty. Yeah, Rick and Morty. I'm trying to get yeah, that one. While I'm trying to think. No, of, I guess I guess a comparison is in in my mind is like, is Big the Bang Marvel, Theory, is the Marvel Cinematic Universe bigger than Disney? Like Disney owns them, oh. Disney's profiting off of this, but like, and and they wouldn't be able to do what they do without Disney. But like, is that Marvel cinema, or or maybe a better thing is like, is that Marvel Cinematic Universe bigger than comic books, and like the origins of it? But like, yeah, those now, characters, so. you know, are. But when we think of Tony Stark, we think of Robert Downey Jr. Like, yeah. you don't think about the person that wrote this or yeah. da da da. And so, what but, you're comparing is the performance yeah versus the paper in a way yeah the, or the offline aspect of it yeah and i don't know i think it's on the right that's a good question because now dnd has a face like you yeah. look at matt mercer and you're like oh critical role dnd like you look at mm -hmm. marisha ray oh critical role dnd like they have a voice they have a face they have like a presence uh and it's it's a celebrityness that they were that wizards of the coast well, was trying to do with chris yeah. perkins and people like that but like that was and i think they succeeded at the same time but it's I think not you're anywhere out one near where it was thing. supposed to be so but they also were celebrities before that. oh yeah 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 so i in their think own circles, so i think they brought in a huge community of people who understood they were voice actors and are currently voice actors in some of the biggest games in the market for the last 10 years. So they have a fandom not even associated with their game of Critical Role that just helped them even blow up even more. But I still think there's plenty of people who maybe are just their fans and maybe they don't care about the D&D part. They're a fan because they're the voice of their favorite character in this anime show. Or many, they're you, the, you, you know, they're actors? in Overwatch, you know, they're in, <laughs> I guess so, yeah. you know, they're so I think there's a huge like fandom. That. Now, if you said it was like Venture Maidens who weren't a bunch of voice actors or actors who were in movies and, and shows and their show was that big, I think you have something, but I think they had a built-in community 
that really expanded and allowed them to expand better than anybody else would be able to expand because they're celebrities. They yeah. they're minor celebrities. They're and but they have big celebrities come play with them now, and they played with, you know, Vin Diesel was on their show. Um, they did uh, what's his name from the one of the late night shows, Colbert. Yeah, you know, played with Mercer. So they brought in celebrities like nobody else has been able to do. Even though Wizards of the Coast has done that too, Critical Role I think has been is the only one that I've seen being able to do it. Also, yeah, I don't. So it's interesting. There, I they could take they could overtake them in popularity. They could overtake them in their empire versus the Wizards of the Coast empire. But Wizards of the Coast has game after game after game for forty years. They have the books for the 40 years. They have TV shows, movies. They've got TV shows and movies coming up. Yeah. And, but like a lot of the things that uh, Wizards know. of the Coast is doing with the property of Dungeons and Dragons, uh, mm-hmm. I feel that has always capitalized on it. Like we're going to have the, we're going to allude to the, like this new book right here. I just got this book. Fizzband's Treachery of Dragons, it alludes to the Rod of Seven Parts. And there are certain things like that. It alludes to this and this and this. Mm-hmm. And I critical role, I feel they don't they're making their own mythology, their own stuff. And there's not this like recycled the hand of Vecna or this. Even though Vecna well, that's a bad example because Vecna was their boss from or their 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 main <laughs> they antagonist. Used it for sure. But like yeah, yeah. I don't know. So it Joe Magniella. I'm just uh, thinking. Will Wheaton. I was just thinking out loud that I'm like, I really, I'm wondering if it's. I think they're getting there. If it's, and I think they have potential. Popular. I don't know if they're there today. No, I don't think so either. But like, like, like Kleenex and tissue. Like yes. Kleenex is the brand. Tissue is the product. Dungeons and Dragons is the brand, but we call tabletop role playing games D and D. I wonder it's Kleenex. if Critical yeah. Role will become like. Like, oh, you guys want to play Critical Role tonight? I don't know. Like, is it going to become a game? Is it going to become synonymous with, uh, I don't know. I, I, I think what they will become synonymous with is streaming a game. Maybe. So I could see in the future they could say, oh, somebody could walk up to you and say, uh, oh, yeah, I'm streaming a game with a bunch of my friends on Twitch. And they go, oh, like Critical Role? Yeah. And I could see that being a huge, that just like, oh, I'm going to, I Saturday I've set up this game and I'm we're going to play, um, you know, with wizards and knights and things. And they're going to be like, Oh, D and D. Right. And you're like, well, no, I'm playing Pathfinder, but yeah, yeah. yeah you get me, <laughs> you know, or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So, so I, I can see it. Uh, Interesting. That was my thought. And I, I thought it think. would be a, 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 a clickable title and maybe we'll yeah. get some more followers to watch. Well, I've seen show. from chat, you know, chat's talking about, you know, their budget professional actors. Uh, one of the comments was star Wars was a bigger experience than Disney once, but now the Disney, now that they own it, Disney's bigger because they own, Star Wars and Marvel yeah, and, and I'm trying to all think the like, Disney and National Geographic and you know the idea of Star Wars is bigger than George Lucas but I don't know if yeah. that's a good comparison for what I'm trying to make but right, but right. like I know where you're going but yeah, Star yeah. Wars is another thing like that's a whole rabbit hole where you're like it's it's not just um, the movies. I'm not, it's I'm not, not the, following it's not the first trilogy. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not it like, is not oh, the first movie. I, I'm a big Mark it's Hamill fan. I love this. Like, no, there it's was a something about that that really. Yeah. And I think there's something about Critical Role that is bigger than D and D. Oh, know? see, I'm saying I don't think I think you just got it. I think the Marvel universe, because you can put in, you can say that the the Star Wars universe, those things have made it bigger than what they originally were. But I don't think we have a critical role universe yet. I don't think oh. I put that term there yet. Maybe next know. year, maybe <laughs> the year after. But I don't think I put the critical role universe there yet. The DC universe. Even I mean, you know, yeah, yeah, like that, that's Marvel has you know Disney Princess universe. It's a continuation years of comics yeah. to pull from, and so yeah. you're right. And yeah. so does. So does D and D. They have fifty years. Of, That's a good one. Of now, and yet, somebody was saying keyword yet. That is very true. They are on a rocket yeah. ship right now. Who knows where it stops? They may go to the atmosphere. They may go to the moon. They may go to Mars at this point. They may go farther than the original went. You know, they may take it to a popularity that we've thus far unseen. They could get bought by Disney. Who knows? <laughs> and we know if Disney buys you, you're pretty big. <laughs> well, and then you're controlled, so they probably yeah. wouldn't sell to Disney. Yeah. 
But know. Disney, if you need a Saturday morning D and D show, I'm here for you. Let us know. Yeah. <laughs> We'd we love to be in the Disney universe. <laughs> uh, for the the small small price of my mortgage for the year. Yeah, you can yeah. you can have this show. No. <laughs> but could we just have free tickets to all your parks? That would be fun I mean, too. I think that I, would just yeah, be. Yeah, you're right. You let's, know, <laughs> let's not. We can negotiate. We don't want to go Disney. crazy. We can negotiate. <laughs> uh, Fizzman's Treasury of Dragons is out. Have you? Uh, oh, and leave comments below about our critical role thoughts, and we'll try to answer them and stuff like that. But have yeah, you yeah. read this book? Lucian? I have not read the book. I've seen some of the previews. Have you seen it the is cover? one of the books I have because okay. you're holding it. Um, well played. You got it. And uh, I think it's more exciting, and I think more people are excited than this one, than the last book they just released, which was only a few weeks ago, really, or a month. Uh, yeah, that was the adventure, right? That right, was, well, yeah. the, the carnival, the, you yeah. know, the Feywild, Wild the Fey Light. Mm -hmm. And I think that one was, they put a lot of hype behind it, but I think what I've been hearing from my circles is everybody's really been talking about some of the classes in Fizbin, the magic in Fizbin's. They want to add this to their campaign. They're super excited about this. I didn't hear a lot of, I'm adding a bunch of this Feylight stuff to my game, but I mean, I am hearing a lot of Fizbin. So I wonder if Fizbin's going to be a more popular book than uh, well, Witchlight. Yeah. And this is, I think Beyond it will be because this is a, this is like a Mordenkainen's book. Uh, this is a, to a later, well, like a Volos. <laughs> it's got the races. It's got, um, what's different from Volos is this has a couple classes in it and then really good monsters. Like I really like how yeah. they handled the monsters and then sprinkled in with a little bit of lore here and there. Uh, they're updating lore, which I'm working on a video right now for Wednesday. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm really, I've so, been really reading this a lot because. So what do they say about Fizzman then? So they, is Fizzman just a planes traveler? How do they, or a multiverse traveler? How do they explain him uh, not being forgotten realm? Oh, well there's lots of like, Tasha was in the book, are they talking about it? But do they mention it in the book, or do we just know that because we know that? Um, they talk about Fizbin being part of Dragonlance. Okay. And that he, uh, spoilers for the Dragonlance books, but he was a bumbling mage in Dragonlance right. until midway through the, the book series. Uh, it's revealed that he's an ancient draconic god or the aspect of it. Right. Um, so... I think this is just, they had a title. Fizbin has a connection to dragons, and they named yeah. it Fizbin. Well, if you it's remember very, in... It has very little Dragonlance references. Okay, that's what I was wondering. Because remember in Saltmarsh, they had a big paragraph talking to us about how this was Greyhawk and these were old adventures, but how you could fit it into your campaign, how it could fit into a Forgotten Realms, yeah. how it could fit into anything. Did they do the same thing here with Fizbins to say, yes, he came from Dragonlance, or maybe some of these dragon ideas came from Dragonlance, or, um, but you can use it in your Forgotten Realms campaign, or do they even mention any of that? No, so uh, they don't They don't mention Fizbin like that, but they oh, okay. did create new draconic mythology. And right. with that new mythology, they have said, you could apply this to Dragonlance this way. You could apply this to the Forgotten Realms this way. Okay, You so could apply this that. to, you know, just like we saw earlier kind of yeah. a thing um and that that's what i am that's what i'm making the video on is this new mythology where they say at the very beginning of the world before there was gods before there was a multiverse before there was anything there were um there was the first world and it was populated right. by dragons and i a lot of people are really hating on it from what i was reading online and stuff and not everybody obviously but because it's, a, it it's was, a new origin story, right? That's is. not the it, origin story we've ever heard. It's an origin story that predates every origin story. <laughs> right. And so a lot of people are like, well, I, I don't like that. The realms was like this for me. Yeah. And another criticism I heard is like, they're trying to make dragons cool, but like dragons were already cool. Like you didn't have to do this. Like it's a dragon, you know? Yeah, it's a freaking dragon. Like, exactly. And so <laughs> I'm like, okay. Um, yeah, but yeah. yeah, it's... So they're, the, the first world was populated by dragons. And the thing I liked about it is that it's a prime material world, like a plane on the prime material plane. It is the prime material plane, just like we have the nine hells or things like that. Like this, this isn't fragmented mm -hmm. into a hundred thousand different multiverses. Like it's just this one world. And dragons are magically tied to that, unlike any other being because they were there at the beginning. And then there was some cataclysmic event 
the world got shattered into a million pieces. And now you have, this is how they're explaining that you can have the same dragon on different worlds. So uh, okay. Fizbin is Paladine. Yeah, that's what I've seen in chat. Paladine Bahamut. is Bahamut. Yeah. So the Bahamut of the Forgotten Realms is intrinsically linked to the Paladine of Dragonlance. Like they're the they're the same thing, and that's where I think people are also getting upset. Is they're like, no, they're not. Like what? They're different they're dragons. Not, <laughs> like Tiamat of this is not. Uh, the, I forget the Dragonlance version of it, yeah. but like, so they're trying to connect dragons in a in an interesting way. Uh, I don't know if it fits again, like all lore, you can throw it out the window, but it's mm. interesting because it is canon for 5e. And right. we've talked about lore again, where they've said, you know, on a on an addition basis, we're gonna mm -hmm. reestablish or change lore how we want. So just because we're doing this doesn't nullify like third edition or fourth edition lore, but it does drastically change fifth but edition. But third lore. and fourth edition lore is not canon anymore either. Exactly. If you go by the <laughs> right, right. Is there anything in there that does anything with Dragon Dragonborn? Yeah. The playable so, race? Uh, they have new Dragonborn. Um, oh, because it, they got to put in the plat. Yeah, they got to put in the metal, or not the metals, gem, but the, the, yeah. the gem dragons. Yeah, yeah. So they updated the original Dragonborn races. So you can use these updated versions, oh, okay. which are really interesting because you can say, if you're going to be. They're, they're just better, in all honesty. Like, you get mm -hmm. cooler abilities. Uh, based on the type of dragon you choose. And also based on the type of dragon you choose, you could have a cone uh, mm -hmm. or you could have a, a stream. So you could have like a stream of fire or if you choose this other one, you could have a cone of fire, um, yeah. which I thought was kind of cool. And then there are the gem dragons that have like a psychic uh, tachesis thing is Tiamat. Thank you, Danny, yeah. uh, in chat. Do they have the new stat blocks for monsters they've been talking about? Or is yeah. that still coming in a different book? So they've yeah. done the updated stat block in these. Yeah, so towards the end, there's So this stat is the first one, then. And they are the updated, from what I can tell. Interesting. And I thought it was cool because... I'm trying to find the one that I was talking about. Uh, <laughs> oh, there's a horde mimic in here, which I thought was really cool. Ooh, so like nice. a draconic horde, but it's actually a mimic. And it made me think of that monster that I like to use from Tome of Beasts, which is the uh, Horde Golem that is like the, the entire uh, gold pile is pile. actually a, a yeah. sentient thing that's trying to kill you. Yeah, that's a good um, one. Another cool, interesting thing is uh, Horde Scarabs, which are these little Ooh. bugs that have evolved to look like coins, and they eat the mites off of dragons and, and keep it clean ah, and stuff. okay. That makes sense. Uh, so I thought that was really fun. Um, but how about big? Remember the one of the funnest yes. things. This in is what any... I want to talk about really quick. Okay, so like they have the metallic great worm, and it's all of the dragon types in one stat block. So you Ooh. read this, which is really cool for a dungeon master, and then it's it has little uh, offshoots. Like it, by the way, if you are running this as a fire as a brass or a gold dragon it's going to do fire damage here instead of this type of damage. And if gotcha. you're going to do this, but it's a very simple, like at a glance, I can be like, okay, yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. I'm doing a copper dragon. So it's acid, you know, and you can mm -hmm. figure out elemental types, but for the most part, it's a dragon, you know? Yeah. I, I right. thought that was cool. So <laughs> yeah. it is updated stat blocks. It's kind of fun. I do like that. Oh, I had a question that I forgot. I know. I, sorry. I just didn't want to. Uh, <laughs> no, that's okay. <laughs> I really oh I know uh one of the cooler things you got in any of your dungeon masters guides throughout all of the years all of the editions is you would always go back to that when you wanted to roll on the dragon horde or you would roll the treasure tables yeah did they put dragon horde treasure tables in this or anything They're, like that yeah it's it's sad uh, oh so, no they had an opportunity <laughs> so they have um like creating a, a green dragon creating all this other stuff and then there are creating the horde oh, and cool. all it is is please use these tables but you're using tables here that then call back to the dungeon master's guide okay so, so still use that there's okay. no new magic items and well there are some new magic items but there's nothing like this is not magic item heavy this is a green dragon would kind of have this but i i really th feel like they didn't need to do that for every dragon 
because the tables are the same. So you don't have to like, like you could just, I don't know, much like the stat block changes, like one stat block, many dragons. They should have had Mm -hmm. like one horde roll, many dragons and change it as you will. Those were my favorite random tables to use of all time were the horde you know deciding the horde of whatever creature you might defeat and Uh because it was always so cool to roll on how much gold was there how much platinum was there how many magic items showed up what type of magic items i just loved that that that, those are my favorite you know random roll tables ever yeah no i just i like random tables in general i think they're fun like they really add to a game for me but so you have both then right you have uh Beyond the Witchlight and Fizzbins and... Yeah, and like I said, I wasn't going to buy uh, Beyond Wild Beyond the Witchlight, but then I saw the alternate cover in my game store, and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to get it. And the I, alternate cover looks I cool. haven't read through it entirely. Like, I usually sit down and I really try to read it, um, but uh, I do... Uh, I do did like you it. read I think it's through Fizzbins more, or did you read through Witchlight more? Which one has captured oh, your attention? Oh, I've been reading this one heavily, yeah. So, Hev- this so one it's like definitely it's kept one. you reading through um, it. Okay. And it's because I'm working on a video more. Yeah, like, yeah. I wouldn't say that the content is more interesting. It's just like okay. I'm, I'm actively researching because I want to. No adventure hooks. No. Um... Lots of adventure hooks. Like, that goes oh, into okay. building a dragon. So, like, Got let's it. build a dragon, an emerald dragon personality traits uh and then here's emerald dragon adventure hooks and there's there's tables lots of tables which i think is fun play a dragon um, can we play a dragon no nah, not that i can see because that used to be an old dragon magazine article where they were they were like here if you want to play a dragon well, in your campaign another thing i was reading is they were saying like traditionally the dra- dragonomicon and stuff like that like you could you could uh uh is it par- uh, can't think of the word but like the prestige levels you know, like yeah. prestige classes. And yeah. one of those prestige classes is like becoming a dragon. And they didn't seem to have a lot of that in here. But I was like, I don't know if we're at a 5e level of like prestige classes and stuff. But but yeah, like here's young dragon connections. And it kind of breaks down like wormlings, young dragons, adult dragons. And so if you are a young adventuring group, you might be working with a young dragon as a patron uh, and then maybe he hands you off to his father or something as you get older. I don't know, but like higher in level. Yeah. Uh, it did break it down really well where it said, you know, like a an adult dragon is kind of the equivalent of a level 10 to 14 character. Think about it like that. So if you have a young, or if you have an adult dragon that's aiding level two players, he is, you're like all of a sudden you're like, oh yeah, he's like a level 14 kind of character. So I thought that was cool. Yeah. My favorite battle to run in Seeking Revenar definitely was a dragon that caught our players out in a forest at night. And it was this cool scene of the dragon sweeping in and using breath weapons and and then rising back up through the, the forest and then coming back down and swooping and attacking and then landing and attacking. And then eventually just barely getting away as the players finally rallied and got a bunch of their stuff going. It was one of the first times I felt like I had a single creature that challenged the party, made them really worried that this wasn't going to work out, and both parties kind of disengage and leave, knowing that there may be another bigger battle down the road. Because yeah. normally I try to throw something cool and big at the, at the players, and they just have too much action economy to deal with if you're just going to throw one creature that gets one turn yep. throughout the, you know, it just doesn't ever seem to work. And, and, or at least not the way I wanted it to work. Um, but that one did. So I always like that. I'd, I'd like to see these new rules. Um, somebody was asking in chat too, uh, which lights kind of like a Strahd adventure as a question, um, a surface look at the setting with room for more. I think the way you've described it before, and you can elaborate on this, it, it is a good look at a domain of delight Here's a specific domain of delight that you could run adventures in, and but there are more of those. So kind of is like Strahd, where you're talking about domains of dread. Yeah. Here's the Strahd adventure, which is a focus of domain of dread, but there are other domains. And, and I guess the the difference is domain of dread, Barovia Strahd. Mm-hmm. He's trapped there, in like a an, in an ever, like repeating curse of. I mean, his life is just awful there. Mm-hmm. Uh. Wild Beyond the Witchlight is 
a mystery. You don't really know who's in charge or why, whereas mm -hmm. in Strahd, you meet him right up front, and it's just like, what the heck? And you're trying to, <laughs> I guess, puzzle his history together and try to understand why he's trapped there or why you were brought here in a way. Like, there's a there's an adventure for you to go on. Um, but the the Wild Beyond the Witchlight is kind of a, a mystery as you're not really sure what's happening. And then a lot of exploration as you're meeting these uh i think i think there's these three hags of hither thither and yon and they have right. these three sections of the of this domain of delight and you're you're going and exploring them and getting information so uh i mean i again i haven't read it uh cover to cover yet so i don't mm -hmm. feel like i want to be like it's exactly like this but that's a yeah, it's a good question. So what's in we talked everything about what's in Fizzbins for DMs. What's in Fizzbins for players? Yeah, so there is the new races for yeah. Dragonborn and Gem Dragonborn. Uh and then there's a lot of feats that are like dragon touched. So oh. you can kind of treat these feats as a uh as a draconic gift, is what they were saying. Um so yeah, like one of these is a draconic familiar. So you could just be like, the dragon could bestow this gift upon you where you can now, you cast fine familiar, but you only get a pseudo dragon that follows you around, you know? Uh, cool. There are some magic items. Um, and classes, right? And I then, know at yeah, least one is a, my favorite. Um, that's what I was looking for, is there's the draconic the ranger. ranger, the drake ranger. Everybody's and then there is that. the uh, monk one. There's like a monk. Uh, oh, that's right. So it has two in it then. Ascendant dragon. Way of the ascendant dragon. So yeah. yeah. Um, the monk I wasn't too super like uh, impressed with. But yeah, the ranger's really cool. And if you are of the right size, you can ride your dracon draconic uh, companion, which is really cool. And, so, and it gets bigger yeah. and bigger. Yeah, as it you does. It gets bigger up. as you get older, <laughs> yeah. uh, or as you get higher in level. But yeah, the the challenge rating is your proficiency bonus. I don't know. Anyway, I need to like really look at this. I'm sure Ted's already done a video on it. And you could probably yeah. I want to make one too. in D and D Beyond. Um, I want to make a a Drake but Draken Ward or uh Drake Warden. Yeah, Drake Warden. So with the Drake Warden, you get your Drake companion. It gets breath weapons and things like that. Um, and again, it's that same, like, they're fixing the ranger, and they're God, just yeah. subtly doing it. And I guess they did it, they did some errata, I'm pretty sure, didn't they, with Tasha's where, uh, or no, it was the alternate classes. Like, yeah. Yeah. Which kind of helped fix the ranger, but yeah. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. I, I don't think they're, I think this is how they'll do it. They'll never officially fix it. The, they're, they're never going back and changing the ranger at this they point. Won't. They're just going to no use the subclasses. Yeah. To, to fix, fix any it. of the problems and yeah, yeah. Um, some people were asking about is this like Matt Colville and this isn't. This is Wizards of the Coast. Matt's working on his Beast Beastmaster, which is which not renamed. a Ranger subclass. It's its own class, like the Ill Rigor that he created and things like that. So yeah, yeah. Apparently they did not like the the name Beastmaster, so they are changing that. I did read that. Oh really? I wonder. They, if they came a, up with a different name for. I wonder it. if that's a wizard. Don't do this, Matt Colville kind of a thing. No, I think it's a the word master. Oh, okay. In our current times, has fallen out of what people think people should use. Yeah. Or what okay. it what it connotes, or yeah. Um, um, I'm actually very curious for that because yeah, uh, pet classes have always been a Love huge them. draw for players. Yes. Yeah, and summoner. it's weird that well, and the pet classes in D and D were awful. Um, yeah. You know, the ranger was not good, the Beastmaster Ranger, and then all, a lot of other stuff, X, Y, and Z. Uh, now they're figuring it out a little better with, like, summoning elementals, and you have, mm -hmm. like, scaling elementals with spell slots. And then I think this Drake Warden is a good improvement as well. Uh, but it's hard. It's hard to balance. Yeah. Because all of a sudden, if you're like, well, I'm going to split a character in two... It's either going to be half as weak in order to balance it, you know, or like it's going to be better. Who knows? And so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Two is better than one, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll give you uh, two nickels for your quarter because two That's is right. better than one. So. Yeah. Oh, and the necromancer should get an update, is what somebody was saying in chat. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. The necromancer summoning also class. Got some I mean, problem. think of the characters where 
my whole identity is I summon elementals and throw them at a person, or I have golems that I create yeah. that fight for me, or I have spirits that I call upon and they fight, or I, you know, there's so many different things. I'm a, you know, I'm a nature, I'm going to call up stuff from nature that is just a pack of wolves and a, and a stag herd is going to try to, you know, just all those things you can do in magic, the gathering, I know (laughs) (laughs) all those cool things you can do those summons, right? Those I, I attack you with this cool creature. Take those, take that damage summoner. (laughs) So I just love that stuff. And I'm glad they're, they're moving towards having a better set of rules around that. Cause I like the, the iron um, dog or the iron guardian one that you could do with the artificer. The artificer um, is a pretty decent pet class, which is funny because I'm like, cool pet you stuff wouldn't, in it. I would not think of it as a pet class, but uh, yeah. it, it does a good job. Um, I'm surprised there's not a druid pet class subclass yeah. that has like pets and stuff. Um, you think that there would Because even if you know? try to stack summoning spells, that's going to bring up creatures. It's kind of hard to still have that be your identity because you can't really get a bunch of them at any given time you can have a couple of summon spells like i've tried it with my wizard to have a a very summon focused wizard so that he could here's a fire elemental and oh that's got defeated here's a here's a water elemental or whatever but you don't get a lot of good control out of them and then they go crazy and you know or like a demon summoner you know like a cool yeah, like the, demons, well, the one I want to build. Demons <laughs> the, are intentionally the problematic. Five, the five-bag yeah. demon sorcerer. But uh, you got to keep working on that because I think yep. it could work out really well. Yeah. Um, so I is it a buy? I don't know. Uh, I, I don't think it's a buy for those two classes. Honestly, the way that they've compartmentalized D&D Beyond, I would just, yeah, just buy the Drake yeah. Warden. Like, there's no reason yeah. to have the rest of it. I would buy the, you know, I don't know. I as, feel a, bad. as a dungeon master? As a dungeon master, I really like this book for the monsters. The and dragons for the, and the monsters. For the tables. Yeah. So if I'm going to make a dragon-centric adventure, this is a really good book for me. Um, mm-hmm. Dragon on the Mount? And, uh, yeah, I mean, that was... Surprise! That is a five-year-old adventure that does not have a dragon in it. But, it has uh, no dra- <laughs> there's no dragon in that adventure. Spoilers. Um, but you could definitely go. Uh, it could leap off into other directions. I'll say yes. that, and you could use this book. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think. I mean, it's. I'm not cracking open Mordekainen's Tome of Foes every weekend crafting planner adventures and doing Shadowfell stuff and da da da. And I probably won't be doing this. But the minute I am running a Shadowfell adventure, boy, I'm using that book a whole bunch. And I think yeah. this is the same thing. The minute that I'm running a draconic adventure and I have a dragon patron for my players and like or a dragon know, bad guy, the orb or of dragon, dragon kind is in the wrong hands. And I need I can't send dragons in to get it because they'll be mind controlled. So I got to mm-hmm. send players in to do it. You know, there's there's yeah. a lot of cool stories you could do with this. <laughs> uh, again, I'm a collector, so I like having it. It's not like. It's a huge, um, like, oh, I, I regret my purchase kind and of thing. And that was regular but, cover, no alternate for that one? No, I got this one off Amazon. So, yeah, I didn't. And I, the alternate cover didn't really grab Didn't grab me, you? So. I'd have to go and look at it again. And I, I forgot. really like when my books match up on my shelf. Oh. And uh, <laughs> the Wild Beyond the Witchlight obviously stands out now. But, like, there's something about that. Oh, they're all there, and they all have the Yeah, same. I keep buying all the special yeah. edition ones, and they do not match. No, and it bothers me. I guess it's yeah. that. I don't know. It just bothers me. <laughs> uh, but Very yeah, so funny. I don't know. Um, it it's. I mean, fifty dollars is a lot for a book, but it's always like thirty dollars on Amazon. I feel so, mm-hmm. and I don't mean to like super promote Amazon all the time. It's just, it's just where you can go to get cheaper. it. <laughs> I don't know what else to tell you. Like, yeah. like I don't think you should shop at Walmart, but like, man, they've got some really Sometimes cheap I stuff. Do. So yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, and then um, other news. We got a lot of news. Sorry. Fizzbins. Uh, Fizzbins well, is out. I was fun. This was funny because normally uh, we have a little news segment where we talk about a Pathfinder piece of news. Yeah. And, and I went to the notes that me and Jordan keep and already listed before I even got there, Jordan had put a Pathfinder note. I'm like, oh, he might be getting infected by this Pathfinder news stuff. But there was a big announcement. Yeah. Um, really Pi- big. Really. Yeah. So Paizo has partnered with Demiplane to make pathfinder uh-huh. nexus right and uh what this is is the D beyond for pathfinder 
Yeah. Um, so just like how Wizards of the Coast partnered with uh, Fandom to create D&D Beyond, they have partnered with this other company to call to create Pathfinder Nexus. But so this is it goes the, deeper. Oh, well, it does go deeper. <laughs> and I want to say this is the official Paizo, you know, just yeah. like we can, official we can partnership. play Pathfinder on Roll20 yeah. and all these other ones. Yep. But this is the official Pathfinder. Uh, it's made by Adam Bradford, who was the guy that made D&D Beyond. Yeah. Uh, before he kind of left uh, mysteriously. And from what I've heard through Grapevine is that he uh, didn't have as much creative control. And he didn't like that after fandom bought D&D Beyond. Yeah. Uh, when they and, bought it from Curse, right? Because it yeah. started out at Curse, went to fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there was a lot of shuffling. And so there was like company reordering, reordering yeah. and things like that. And they were just like, ah, no. And so he left to start his own company, which is this Demiplane. And a yep. lot of people were thinking, myself included, is that he was going to grab uh, franchises like Disney's Marvel and stuff mm-hmm. and actually be, be like, this is where you play a Marvel uh, RPG and do things and like that. And they still might. And they might, who knows, but he's been working on this for so long and it's like had yeah. no things. And we we're just like, what are you doing? And then yeah. boom, Pathfinder Nexus pops up and it's like, okay, yeah. you just went to your competitor. There's but. a video where the they did a live show of a one shot they were running, I think last night or the night before. And in the middle of the break, they did an interview with Bradford. So if you want to go see an interview with him talking mm-hmm. about it and what's in it, um, you can see that. Because they talk about it's not a VTT yet. And they don't really say it might not be. So I didn't get the impression that they were going to create a full virtual tabletop yet. Um, but they did talk about all the character tools to make things more convenient yeah. to run a game of Pathfinder, which obviously I think Pathfinder could benefit from because it is a... I feel like it has a bigger rule encyclopedia than some other I no, I RPGs. It, yes, I agree. So, so having if, something to help. If I have a builder that helps me build a character and tells me, oh, you can't do yeah. this, you can do this, rather than Jordan rereading like 75 books. Uh, yeah. And talk about splat books. Pathfinder is just ridiculous. And I don't know yeah. if this is just second edition or if they, because second edition Pathfinder was supposed to be backwards compatible. So I don't know if they're bringing in all of the other stuff from Pathfinder, which is yeah. a lot. Uh, yeah. But, but I mean, a good, comp- I'm all for competitors. This is awesome. Like, do yeah. it. I did think I'm, it was I'm a little. Happy. I did think it was a little weird that the layout looks exactly like D&D Beyond. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like a lot. Like, yeah. you, you didn't really have another idea for, I don't know. But, you know, Pathfinder know. has the same stats. Pathfinder it's a, has it's the same. It's like, 3.5 yeah. rules so <laughs> expanded. I, right. I don't know. So the character sheet for that is, I don't know, how do you make it look too much different? But he did say in that interview, too, so it has not been confirmed yet or they've not made the deal yet, that Starfinder is possibly on the table, though it's not in their plans yet. But that could be cool, too, because I've struggled trying to make some Starfinder characters and I think because I struggled right there at that spot, I didn't play Pathfinder or Starfinder as much as I probably could have because I struggled a little bit understanding their character creation. Yeah. I, was, I didn't have somebody to lean on and say, is this right? Is yeah. this? I'm reading this, but it's it's weird. It's out of order, and I'm having to flip all over the place to try to figure out how to build this character, and it didn't feel great. That's what Wizards nailed. When you go through Player's Handbook 5e, they nailed being able to create your character so well. Like I didn't realize it until pages, I was looking at you know, the other. And then, yeah. yeah. And then you might have to pick some spells bad. later on. But, like, yeah, I, I agree. Uh, I was very yeah. confused with Pathfinder 2nd Edition. But this um, could clear that up. And if it does, I could see me playing more Pathfinder, more Starfinder games for sure. I, I want to make a free account just to try yeah. the character creation. But, no, yeah. you're absolutely right. If... if uh, I, what I think D&D Beyond has done for the tabletop role-playing community, uh, they can just sit down and be like, oh, and I just like click, click, click. And then it very easily presents you with the options yeah. that you are supposed to be paying attention to right there. Yeah. And on the fly, like if I add, I'm, I'm just thinking of character stats. Like if you do point by, all of a sudden I don't have to understand the math of point by. I just like right select there. down and I'm like, oh, that one costs more. Like, why do I have a remainder left? And you're trying to, you know, like that yeah. is so useful rather than trying to understand the formula that is point by. Yeah. Uh, and I would not. And Pathfinder, under... if they do that well with Pathfinder Nexus, mm-hmm. then 
it could work. So Yeah, I would not underestimate when we always talk about why D&D got more popular over the last few years. And it does point to celebrities playing and all these other things. I think one thing that goes unmentioned is D&D Beyond making it easier for somebody who can just go and create a character. That's part of it. That is one of the reasons it's been able to reach yeah. the popularity it has. It's not the main reason. It wasn't the biggest part of it, but it it contributed for sure. And also being able to share your books. like Yeah. I, yeah. I wonder if, if that is with Pathfinder too, because if I would be more inclined to buy some of the stuff on Nexus if I know I can share it with Lu- Lucian so that we yeah. can have a game, you know? Yeah. So. And I could see that being the game that I only buy the digital stuff. Whereas D and yeah. I'm buying the book and yeah. the digital stuff because I want to have access to both, but I'm not going to pick like two or three games that I'm going to do that right. Yeah. So I could see me be just I'm just going to buy the what they put on Nexus to help me run those games, and I'm good. Maybe I don't buy the book for them, but I do. Or maybe you're the opposite. Maybe you love their artwork. Maybe you love the size of their books. Maybe you love their writers and their lore. So you buy their books and you get the digital tools to make your mm-hmm. games easier, because don't sleep on the artwork of pathfinder i think it's oh, fantastic great. yeah they have yeah it's some good artists, stuff out so. there i mean i've been playing the pathfinder um wrath of the righteous video game it's blown me away and has pulled me over to the pathfinder side so i'm i'm leaning towards the dark side at this point i like i'm <laughs> i'm going with the emperor at this point so i don't know <laughs> but it's definitely really um a big announcement for them. So it's definitely yeah. the big Pathfinder news that they're talking about. Um, Cause they just did their guns and gears book that just dropped. I saw that on the shelf when I went to the uh, game store on Saturday, uh, flipped through it, really good artwork and stuff, but the Pathfinder no, it's, Nexus is interesting. Was and you know, D and D beyond took a while to get going and yeah. boy, you know, I, I like uh, my DM Nathan works there. He's one of the coders. Um, and DM Nathan. he was saying like it's way more complicated than you would think to actually code all of this to work together uh and i am very curious about pathfinder nexus if they have a similar struggle only because we all kind of know that pathfinder is a little more uh complicated than mm-hmm. uh or i guess a, a uh, complicated in the sense of of Jordan just staring at it from there. Maybe maybe uh, D&D Beyond, or D- maybe Dungeons & Dragons is a little more, um, like, the DM makes the choice, and Pathfinder is more codified, and that actually helps the coders for a website yeah. like this. Like, who knows? Yeah. Uh, but I just know this, the struggles that D&D Beyond has gone through, trying to, like, how does this really work, and how do I apply? Mm, this is kind of confusing. Uh, yeah. From his standpoint, just him telling me about code. So. Right. No, I, I've thought it because I always thought just even build trying to build a character sheet and then trying to automate that character sheet so that it has your bonuses when things are happening yeah. or you can click a button because you have bless on at the moment or, you know, you have this bonus here because you drank a potion of heroism or here's this thing because you're this race, this background, this is a class you chose and here's, you know, your modifiers for your abilities. Yeah. Thus, here's how many spell slots you get. Whereas before, if you're using the book to figure out how many spell slots you're getting, you're going back and forth trying to figure out, okay, my intelligence modifier might be here and that (laughs) might affect this piece. So I've got to, you know, so that definitely I think has helped people get into the game more than ever before. And doing the math, I mean, right at the table, we play on roll 20 or we play on these virtual tabletops. When I swing my sword, all the bonuses are there. You know, everything's in there. I hit the next button, shows all the damages. Oh, it crits, it rolls the extra damage for me and gets it all in there. So it can keep your game moving a lot quicker than what I remember old D&D was, roll four or five dice and wait three seconds for people to add math. <laughs> you know, because you're like, okay, that's that's 12, um, strength two, so 14 and, uh, oh yeah, um i have poison on my dagger so that's another d6 12 what did i say you know that's what dnd was that i remember for a long time without these aids right so and you know we just played it and we liked it and we got used to it but you get so many bonuses that's why they got rid of so many of the bonuses too because it slowed people down i get a plus two here i get a plus one here i get a plus yeah. this here and it was so much going on that it would just you know so yeah, i love the streamline of it was, now was uh famous for that 
I guess, when yeah. I played 4th edition, where it's like, so <laughs> I get plus two if I'm flanking, but yeah. it's also sunny, so I get a plus one, you know. <laughs> There's a like, plus what? one for that. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. My weapon's a magical plus one weapon. I get a plus one for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you so. would, you would have these like at higher levels. You're like, I've got a plus 27 bonus to this. It's like, it's now, Demiplane has been out before this announcement. They, and yeah, my they announced, assumption but they, they is that they're anything. still going to work with other companies, I wonder. So I, I wonder if we'll have Pathfinder Nexus, but then we'll have like uh, Modifius Nexus or we'll have, you know, like Free League Nexus or we'll have, and maybe Demiplane will reach out to them and say, let us build your characters for Star Trek Adventures. Yeah. Let us build your characters for Conan. Let us build your characters for... Um, kids on bikes you know what yeah. you know whatever i bet that that's what they want uh and we'll see i mean this is baby steps i think they had to make enough character of a, ball uh, know, service in order to attract people like pathfinder you know yeah that makes sense but having the name cool adam moves. there is probably pretty big so um yeah. we can either talk about kickstarters or games what do you want to do Oh, well, you mean <laughs> Kickstarter? Oh, Kickstarters, like, you say, Jordan. <laughs> like an unboxing of a Kickstarter? Let's, uh, let's uh, open that But yeah, we box. can talk about Kickstarters. Um, I just, uh, the one right at the top of your list there, I, this past week, had funded Plane Breaker 5e from Monty Cook. I feel yeah. like you did too. I did. It looks um, really good. I'm really excited about this. So, Plane Breaker for... Explore the Planes for 5e. Um, it's a new Kickstarter for 5th edition by Monty Cook Games. Uh, they are well over their goal. There's 20 days to go. Um, and the the idea is that there's a cursed moon that is breaking through the planes and the multiverse. So I, mm -hmm. I love this idea of this planet that's just like slowly going through all of the different planes of existence. Uh, and that is like the premise and i'm not really sure more than that other than i saw money cook and i saw planes and so i bought it um but they have always been very good and fulfilled their stuff uh really well and so yeah, professional artworks that. great layout great books on every everything i bought money cook has been a great yeah. book to read even just to read we got a little free league uh thing here oh what something from free league how about a little uh, Twilight 2000? This is an old game they redid. It's a little box set. Role-playing in the World War III that never was. So oh. this is basically post-apocalyptic. World War III's happened. Um, I remember it. I don't know when the original one came out. I feel like it would have been 90s. And it was pretty popular. And I think this is kind of like another version of it at this point. Very cool. Twilight 2000. I also, was there any other, what was the other one I did? I feel like I did one more Kickstarter recently. Uh, I don't know. You're making lots I of noise don't... with your bubble wrap, though. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Cobalt Press has one out that I have not backed yet, but I'm very curious about. Um, oh, actually, we'll look 2000. at your Twilight Imperial, or Twilight 2000. That's cool. Yeah. Oh, you can keep calling. I don't know much about that, actually, but. Uh, Cobalt nice. Press has been making lots of cool stuff. Um, obviously, I think they're they're. I think it's like Wizards of the Coast, Pathfinder, or Wizards of the Coast, Paizo, and then Cobalt Press, uh, in order of like just cool stuff that they make and and yeah. d don't really need our help to advertise their Kickstarters, but they do well. Uh, Book of Eben Book of Eben Tides is a new Plane of Shadow book uh, that for fifth edition that Cobalt Press is coming out. And it looks really cool. I don't know anything about it um, other than the limited edition uh, cover is amazing. So, mm -hmm. uh, but it's it seems like it's a campaign supplement from what I was told. So you recognize this because you read that artwork and you read yeah. those books and you're really excited about those for a while, which is our, uh, oh, I had it sitting there, but where'd it go? <laughs> it was right there, so. Uh... Forbidden Lands. Yeah. Forbidden Lands. Which and then we book. also recognize Alien yeah. up at the top. And then uh, 
There's there's Forbidden Lands. That's what yeah. it is. So so this is that company that does that free league or free league. Tales from the Loop. We love that book over there. Apparently, I'm a huge super fan of this because I have all of these so far. Symborum. I've heard some people playing this one. Yeah, that's the that same the same dice system as uh, Forbidden Lands and mm -hmm. Tales from the Loop. But, so uh, Twilight 2000, yeah. which we're going through right now, that's the newest one that's just shipping. So if any of you kickstarted that one, they just started shipping and they you should be getting them this week and throughout the rest of the week. This one seems like somebody might recognize that Basin's one. Basin's very good too. Basin, somebody played that one that we know of. So that looked pretty cool. Mutant Year Zero was another one. And Coralis, mm -hmm. Coriolis. Coriolis. And then this last one, uh, I think this is the one I was trying to get to, Mork Bork. They're doing a cyberpunk one. That's the one I kickstarted. So they're oh, going to do a cyberpunk, cyberpunk okay. a cyborg oh. one. Yeah, yeah, that's going to be pretty cool. So uh, pretty interesting there. They always do good stuff for like um, secret handouts, secret sheets. These are from NATO and like what happened in World War Three, why it happened, all that kind of stuff. No, props like that really get me into a game. Yeah. I love things like that, so... You know, maps of the, what's yeah. going on, their documents. We've got some uh, playable maps here. So these are maps, maps that we can yeah. just move our minis on and hex cool. maps. And then big overworld hex map. Because I think their campaign that they give you is somewhere in... I want to say like a Germany or a Czechoslovakia or a, one of those type of, like the names of these are Frederikstad, Halden, Stromstad, Trollhatten. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, they're all kind of like, oh, this is such a cool hex map, dude. That is fun. And it is big. <laughs> the material too isn't like a, it's like a, a nice texture. Uh, character sheets. There we go. Oh my God, there's so much in this thing. Get it all out. Character sheets, so if we know how we're gonna play. Twilight, so pretty standard. So is this something that you've been wanting to run or is it just a, that was a I wanted it because I remember it from before. And so I wanted to see what they did with the new version. And oh, okay. I had no idea what rule set they were gonna use. And I just love, you know, I love Free League. Here's some more hex maps to use. Um, oh my god, there's like tons of them. It's like a whole over and over and over. Here you go. Punch out Status markers stuff to use markers, so yeah. that you can, you know, you got units and you've got explosions and you've got uh, chemical warnings for radiation tanks and vehicles. And then you finally get to the books, which aren't too big. So you've got reference manual. So this is going to be your Dungeon Master's Guide or whatever you're going to call it. A very big, it's a soft cover, but nice textured paper. Uh, about 112 pages. And then there's a player's manual. Bigger, also soft cover, which is great for having at a table. About 150 pages. Uh, decent old school artwork. Super fun. Yeah. yeah, I've never been a modern kind of RPG player, but like, it could be a lot of fun. Yeah, I haven't done one. Especially um, if you're into like war games and stuff, I could see this yeah. game being really attractive. So, well, I was thinking too, you could do like um, where somebody comes out of a vault, you know, kind of like the Fallout. If you want to run kind of a Fallout uh -huh. style game, I thought this would be a good system for that. Um, and so, and they just had such a cool box set, and they had a cool presentation for their Kickstarter. You know me, I'm yeah. I'm a Kickstarter person, so yeah. I loved it. Um, so that's pretty good. I know that Fool's Gold one there, that they were the ones that um, Critical Role were sponsored yeah, the first Yeah, they sponsored episode. the first show. So, And they're at a, almost a time. million. Um, yeah. And Fool's Gold sponsored one of my videos. I did not get Critical Role money for that, but like they sponsored it. And they're very nice. But Hit Point Press is putting that out. And if you've seen the Dingo Doodles YouTube series, uh, mm -hmm. it's very tongue-in-cheek and hilarious. Uh, and the art is totally her art and it seems really fun so very cool and i love i love silly campaign settings like this where if you look at the map um <laughs> that they've created for this there's like a volcano and someone just wrote on the map like danger 
And then there's <laughs> right. a forest and somebody circled it and wrote scary sounds. And then there's a marsh and somebody wrote an arrow with the word avoid. So like, it's just kind of this, like, I don't know. Yeah. It's everything's trying to kill you. Like I, I thought it was really cool. Mm -hmm. I don't know much about the story or, or I've seen a couple of the dingo doodle stuff. She's very funny and, and personable. Uh, this is obviously her intellectual property that Hit Point Press is putting together. Uh, and I think it's almost at a million because of that critical role spot. I they, have they to be, bought. I would imagine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, um, like, Book of Ebon Tides is... Well, I went there live. Only 112. Like, and yeah. there's... And I think the Monty Cook book is only at, like, 200,000. Uh, so I'm just like, I don't know. But maybe Dingo Doodles has a, a bigger reach than I thought. <laughs> well, I was watching live. And they sh and they said sponsored by this, and I typed it in as I was sitting there. Yeah. And when I went to the Kickstarter, I feel like it already had a hundred thousand dollars made. Uh -huh. As Critical Role is broadcasting, yeah. so it definitely had some good traction because a hundred thousand is nothing to sneeze at. Maybe could have done a hundred or two hundred. Maybe without them, maybe moves into two or three hundred, maybe two fifty. But I think with them definitely getting pushed to a million is, is a, yeah, that yeah. makes sense to me totally. Um, another one that I found interesting just because I know the guys over at Dice Dungeons is uh, oh, yeah. they uh, made a book called Mutated Monsters where the book is a way to combine two different monsters. So you can create your like shark pony or, or things like that. It's kind of interesting. Um, Land shark. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I don't know. I'm, I'm interested lion. in this one as well. Uh, I haven't not backed it yet, but we'll see. Um, and then the other one. Yeah, because uh, I'm still waiting on like Venture Maidens, Web DMs, yeah, there's Wastelands. A lot that we I'm still waiting still, on, you yeah. know, those are coming in. Um, uh, I've got so many of them out there. And then the, the Level Up Advanced 5e, I don't really know if we need to talk about it a whole bunch, but they're rewriting 5th edition D&D to be like more advanced, I guess. I'm not really sure. Right. But uh, that's a Kickstarter that's going out. Um, and then this one was kind of under my radar, but was something I was really interested in, is uh, Flangia by Atlas Games. This is mm -hmm. a prehistoric setting for 5th edition. And I yeah. thought that was cool, because that is something I have not seen for 5e, really. And I nope. like the idea of it a lot. The um, one I like, Monty Cook did it for their Cypher system. Um, and theirs was really cool to have dinosaurs as pets and companions. Yeah. So this is a cool idea. Um, this one's at 134,000 right now, about 19 days to go. I, this is another one that's been yeah, on my radar. I, I think I'm, I'm going to probably back this today, but like, yeah. I really like the idea. But yeah, Flan. Plan. Plan. Right? PL, PL. Plangia. Like the continent, yeah. like the old yeah. supercontinent. And they've got I'm some adding good an artwork. extra H. It's that pH problem I've got. So yeah. Uh, um, it looks the cover looks cool. crazy cool because they've and got like some type of creature with a big horn on it yeah. being chased by T Rexes. <laughs> and I I want to say Atlas Games they made uh, the they made a card game that I like, but I don't think they've done any like RPG stuff before. So this could be hit or miss. Uh, mm -hmm. Maybe they have done RPG stuff. I don't know. They looks like they have a soundtrack that they're gonna add to this, so that's kind of yeah. cool. Looks like they get um, adventure. Yeah. Soundtrack. So I I don't know. Again, they're not funded or anything. I just thought this was really cool, and I have not seen like a prehistoric campaign setting for Five E. So yeah. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. What else has Atlas Games done? It's done something else because that that name is familiar to me. Like I've seen it on one of the books I've ordered. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have to remember. I'll have to look through my shelf and see which one it was because I know I've ordered an Atlas Games book of some sort. Well, they did Root the Marauder Bloom. expansion. Bloom is the is the card oh. game that I play that I like that they make. That makes sense. Um, but yeah, they they I don't know. Magical Kitties saves the day is one of their games. I know I've seen a game from them. I'll have to go to their website and look. My son is making lots of noise. I really like Gloom. Gloom's a fun game. Uh, and, yeah, we'll see. So, anyway, that's kind of a roundup for that. Uh, I yeah. didn't play a lot of games. I know you played a couple, but we're also at time. I should probably go check on my phone. We are <laughs> still at Magical School. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's what we are doing. And, uh, and of course, my, my party's turned into murder hobos. So, at this point... 
were ramping through the place and murdering everything. So oh I knew it wouldn't last long. <laughs> the, the civilized life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was funny. Awesome. <laughs> It's a good couple of episodes. Like if you were going to jump in, they're nice and contained episodes in the last two over at Danimal's ch channel. Just to watch the shenanigans uh, our characters get up to is pretty funny in these these last two. Awesome. Uh, but awesome. That's it. I'm excited to play some more. Um, we've got 10 days until the Eternals drops. Yeah. I might go say see Shang-Chi in the theater this weekend. Cool. Because I'm hoping it'll be crowded or not crowded at all and I could be in a pretty empty theater is what i want i saw dune for my birthday it was very fun did see dune that was really good um free guy was the other one i saw uh i saw a bunch of those movies so those are all making me want to play campaigns of that stuff too yeah. <laughs> like dune a dune rpg somebody's somebody's doing the dune rpg i saw that on twitter yeah it's out um i i i don't know i've heard mixed things i forget so. who did it i'll have uh, to look it up yeah i don't remember so uh that's our show ladies and gentlemen thank you so much that's for chatting with us um if you're listening on the podcast thank you so much and please you know do podcasty things so that we can be rated on I apple itunes or whatever yeah. thing happened uh it has been a lot of fun doing this show for a long time we're gonna keep doing it we will we'll have a safe and happy halloween episode 185 um, we will be back next week in the wonderful month of november Full of Halloween candy um, in our bellies. Yes, I will. Because be. that's is is your kids doing it tonight or what? No, we're gonna go tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow the Sunday. Yeah, Sunday night. Okay. Ha on I wasn't Halloween. sure. Like lots of towns do different yeah, things it's, though. It's a religious thing. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I I'm in deep religious country, so uh, there's a lot of people that will probably be trick or treating tonight. We'll see. So. See, I might invite well, some friends over to play Gloomhaven. I haven't decided. Have you been yet. doing? I, I keep forgetting to ask this. Were you doing the? You dress up in a costume every day for the month of October. Yeah. So my family, uh, my wife specifically, likes to dress up every day for Halloween, and right. we did try. But boy, schedules were hard this. this okay. Month. <laughs> I was uh, wondering. I I do have quite a few photos, which I can. I think I've been putting some of them in a in the Patreon chat, but maybe I can throw some in the. Uh, yeah in the at least a, chat, at so. least of the kid costumes he's got to have a whole bunch of fun oh ones. yeah yeah and i'm gonna so my costume is uh hey there's my my son Baby my boy. costume is i'm going to be frankenberry and oh, yeah. uh my wife is bride of frankenberry nice this little guy is going to be a uh a berry strawberry yeah a straw yeah straight a up, berry <laughs> straight up a strawberry huh all right yeah. well Are take us out little guy now? uh can you thanks wave us by? Thanks for coming out, everybody. I'm a little boy. <laughs> All right. I'm a little we'll boy. see you guys next week on another episode of the Saturday Morning DD Show. Bye.